executive apartments that would be well beyond the reach of a librarian's salary. And Nina Redmond, twenty-nine, bookworm, with her long tangle of auburn hair, her pale skin with freckles dotted here and there, and a shyness that made her blush, or want to burst into tears, at the most inopportune moments, was, she got the feeling, going to be thrown out into the cold winds of a world that was getting a lot of unemployed librarians on the market at the same time. So, Cathy Neeson had concluded, you can pretty much get started on packing up the books right away. She said books, like it was a word she found distasteful in her shiny new vision of MediaTech services, all those grubby, awkward books. Nina dragged herself into the back room with a heavy heart and a slight redness around her eyes. Fortunately, everyone else looked more or less the same way. Old Rita O'Leary, who should probably have retired about a decade ago but was so kind to their clientele that everyone overlooked the fact that she couldn't see the numbers on the Dewey Decimal System any more, and filed more or less at random, had burst into floods, and Nina had been able to cover up her own sadness, comforting her. "'You know who else did this?' hissed her colleague Griffin through his straggly beard as she made her way through. Griffin was casting a wary look at Cathy Neeson still out in the main area as he spoke. "'The Nazis. They packed up all the books and threw them onto bonfires.' "'They're not throwing them onto bonfires,' said Nina. "'They're not actually Nazis.' "'That's what everyone thinks. Then before you know it, you've got Nazis.' With breathtaking speed, there'd been a sale, of sorts, with most of their clientele leafing through old familiar favourites in the 10p box and leaving the shinier, newer stock behind. Now, as the days went on, they were meant to be packing up the rest of the books to ship them to the central library, but Griffin's normally sullen face was looking even darker than usual. He had a long, unpleasantly scrawny beard and a scornful attitude towards people who didn't read the books he liked— as the only books he liked were obscure, 1950s out-of-print stories about frustrated young men who drank too much in Fitzrovia, that gave him a lot of time to hone his attitude. He was still talking about book burners. "'They won't get burned. They'll go to the big place in town.' Nina couldn't bring herself to even say Mediatek. Griffin snorted. "'Have you seen the plans? Coffee, computers?' DVDs, plants, admin offices, and people doing cost-benefit analysis and harassing the unemployed. Sorry, running mindfulness workshops. There isn't room for a book in the whole damn place. He gestured at the dozens of boxes. This will be landfill. They'll use it to make roads. They won't. They will. That's what they do with dead books, didn't you know? Turn them into underlay for roads so great big cars can roll over the top of centuries of thought and ideas and scholarship, metaphorically stamping a love of learning into the dust with their stupid big tyres and blustering top-gear idiots killing the planet. You're not in the best of moods this morning, are you, Griffin? Could you two hurry it along a bit over there? said Cathy Neeson, bustling in, sounding anxious. They only had the budget for the collection trucks for one afternoon, if they didn't manage to load everything up in time, she'd be in serious trouble. Yes, Commandant Uberfuhrer, said Griffin under his breath as she bustled out again, her blonde bob still rigid.
God, that woman is so evil, it's unbelievable. But Nina wasn't listening. She was looking instead in despair at the thousands of volumes around her, so hopeful with their beautiful covers and optimistic blurbs. To condemn any of them to the waste disposal seemed heartbreaking. These were books. To Nina, it was like closing down a dog's home, and there was no way they were going to get it all done today, no matter what Cathy Neeson thought. Which was how, six hours later, when Nina's mini-metro pulled up in front of the front door of her tiny shared house, it was completely and utterly stuffed with volumes. Oh, no, said Sorinda, coming to the door and folding her arms over her rather impressive bosom. She had a grim expression on her face. Nina had met her mother, who was a police superintendent. Sorinda had inherited the expression. She used it on...